Welcome to the Wise Birth Radio. We are women, students, and mamas exploring healthy pregnancies, empowered birth, nurtured postpartum, and natural parenting from a holistic, intuitive, and grounded experience. We share knowledge through interviews, stories, and musings. We hope to inspire you to take charge of your childbearing journey for yourself and your family. This show is intended to spark your own curiosity and encourage you to listen to your body, your baby, and your intuition. I'm Mabel. And I'm Sarah. And we are your hosts on Wise Birth Radio. Hello, everybody. Today we are interviewing two dear friends of ours, Stephanie and Cuba and Forrest. <laughs> They're eight-week-old little baby boy. And this is a particularly sweet story for me, and I think Stephanie, I mean, obviously everyone, but... I just, um, I met Stephanie five, six years ago, something around there, um, in ceremony, and she was just putting call out to the world for a partner and really planting the seed for family, and a couple years went by, and she met Cuba, and this is just, I feel like being here together and seeing you the past couple of weeks with your beautiful family blossoming is just like the culmination of such a beautiful prayer that was made five or so years ago. So mm-hmm. may this be a testament to that. I'm Jacob Van Hope. And I'm Stephanie Van Hope. And we're here with Forrest Van Hope. And we're a new Van Hope family. We're... Uh, eight weeks postpartum, so this little guy's eight weeks old. And he's a chunky little one. Forrest, do you have anything to say? I'm a nurse. Um, I have a doctorate in integrative nursing, and I've worked in um, oncology, hospice, health coaching, and now psychedelic medicine. And... I do many things. <laughs> I I have a sawmill. I help out around our community. I studied soil microbiology, permaculture, and I'm about to get licensed as a massage therapist. Ooh. With that, let's get into the interview. So, yeah, we just wanted to... You guys had a pretty smooth pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, but before that, do you want bef- to... You, you had had a... A miscarriage, um, mm-hmm. which I'm curious if you feel like that, how that played into the picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got pregnant the first time a few years ago. Um, we, we we weren't trying, but we were really happy to be pregnant, and we miscarried at eight weeks, and it was, you know, it was sad. It was, um, I think it was, I think honestly it was harder for you in the beginning. Or it was hard for both of us, but I don't know. I felt like I had... It hit me quicker. It hit you quicker. I had some level of like acceptance of it in the beginning, but for me the grief came back around when it was the due date of when that baby was going to be born, Mm. which was early January. And so around December, I started really feeling it and just mm. like 
feeling so tearful and griefful um, in, into January and the day that that the baby was supposed to be born. I kind of had like a little ceremony outside. It was like with a tree and I was crying and Jake was there with me and um, I remember you were helping me to kind of just let it go and I was like, today is going to be the last day <laughs> that I give myself to really like feel this and hold on to it and then I'm going to let it go. Mm. And you were like, life is is waves, you know, it comes in waves and you can wave back. Mm. <laughs> kind of a mixed metaphor that really touched me and you can you know you can stand on the shore and you can wave back but you know that's it you know you can wave and let go mm. and so it's like saying saying you can acknowledge mm-hmm. the things coming in not to not to shut them off put them mm-hmm. aside but acknowledge how you feel so that you're not suppressing anything mm. but then not you know you're not the wave the wave is Something of its own. Yeah. Hmm. And then that, like, that was very early January, and we got pregnant with Forrest, like, a week after that, probably. Or, like, wow, even sooner, maybe. Yeah, and that, so the, the miscarriage happened, w- was the beginning of the pandemic, so, hmm. you know, we probably had conceived uh you know march yeah march March, and i think we miscarried in june and so the timeline you know that we miscarried in june and then fast forward not even a year you know really like nine months and we conceived forest and then fast forward another nine months of I, I think also, you know, in the nine months of the pregnancy, w- the keynote that I observed was Stephanie's happiness of being pregnant because she had gone through the miscarriage and I could just see like, even when things were hard and her body ached and she has the Jimmy legs and all the things, <laughs> she was still just like enthralled and you could see her look at her belly every day and it get mm. bigger and she'd just be happy with that. And mm. I think that uh, sense of loss actually has brought a sense of gratitude mm-hmm, to yeah. the pregnancy and the birth and yeah. having a child. Mm. I think that both of us, when it happened, you know, we had the attitude of these things happen and nothing is ever promised and you just have to take it as it comes and be grateful for the time that we had. I and mean, we were grateful just for that experience of being pregnant for that short time and we had shared it with some people, so... We were happy for that experience of sharing it and being happy. Mm. Um, but then um, there's the mental attitude and then there's like the emotions that kind of come in their own time. Yeah. Despite, you know, what what you might expect. They kind of have their own agenda. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's so interesting to hear you say that, like, you know, you feel like you had that moment of letting go and then like a week later you conceived for us mm-hmm. and it, that feels very powerful to me and I'm just curious if you feel like uh, there is a connection between you know the spirit of that baby and him and um yeah I'm just curious if you ever felt because that that feels pretty Hmm. significant I hadn't really thought about that too much but 
I did think, you know, and when we get deeper into Forrest's story, you'll, you'll know what I mean, but I felt like, in retrospect, maybe the spirit of that baby was watching over him, mm. protecting him and helping him to make his journey into mm. the world. Mm. Yeah, okay. Well, we can get into that. And I also just want to know on, like, your your attitude. I feel like your attitude is kind of this way a lot in life of just, like, okay, like, this is, this is what's coming. I'm going to, like, breathe through it. And, like, this is life. And I'm going to accept it with grace. And, like, I have that song in my head, like, I accept whatever comes with grace, you know? <laughs> Anyways, um, I feel like you carried that all the way through, like, with the miscarriage and all the way through the whole journey. So I think that's really beautiful. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you got pregnant with Forrest. And, yeah, I mean, do you want to just share about the pregnancy and any highlights? or? sure. It was really beautiful. It was so much fun. Like Jake said, I was really happy. Mm -hmm. And I was looking at my belly like, I feel like I could see it almost immediately. I could. It changed. Like it kind of popped out a little tiny, tiny bit that nobody else could see, but I could. And and, uh, yeah, I was just really grateful. I mean, I've wanted to have a baby probably for 10 years. Mm -hmm. So... I think I've been ready for that long. I've always known I wanted to have kids and I've been ready for 10 years and I just didn't have a partner. And I mean, there's yeah. also, there's grateful for having a baby and then there's like walking in the room every couple hours and being like, look at my belly. <laughs> <laughs> like how much, like, do, can you notice it? And I'm like, it looks similar to a couple hours ago. <laughs> and there's like her nighttime routine. Like she might take a shower, you know, get in some PJs, but before she puts her pajamas on, she looks at the belly. <laughs> goes over to the window or the mirror to look at the reflection shows me and that that you know it's it's silly but that was like my favorite part mm. watching that happiness come yeah. every every day yeah it was pretty smooth it was a pretty smooth pregnancy i was really lucky i remember somebody said that for her like each of her babies in retrospect, the pregnancy kind of took on the personality of the baby. Mm. And when she said that, I was like, well, what's my baby going to be like? And I was like, he must be like pretty laid back because (laughs) it was, there just wasn't a lot, you know, going on in a sense. It was, it was pretty relaxed. He was pretty, he moved a lot. He moved around a lot, but like my symptoms were really mellow and I wasn't having like a lot of crazy dreams or messages from him. Honestly, like, it was it was just pretty mellow and that's pretty pretty true of him as a baby just a sweet guy mm-hmm. um there were there were some discomforts towards the probably the last month like i had restless legs throughout like throughout pretty much but towards the last month like the less restless legs were terrible and i just had like general insomnia um a few other things maybe but uh, I was super lucky for the most part. It was like very smooth and we had a few like um, adventures. We went to the beach. We you know, went camping. We had a number of weddings. And so it was just really fun to have occasions to celebrate along the way. Hmm. Mabel and I can both attest to how, um, I don't even know what the word is, how much restless legs can drive one insane. <laughs> Yeah. So irritating. Yeah. Did you ever find anything that seemed to help? Help. 
just for anybody um, out there who... i mean the most the thing that helped the most was stretching mm-hmm. at first i was like oh stretching doesn't help but then then i realized that it does i had like a little routine of like maybe six or seven leg stretches that i did before bed like mm-hmm. just like 15 minutes mm-hmm. like legs and hips and like kind of lower body stretches and but then I would like layer that also with magnesium sometimes taking a bath Mm -hmm. um, sometimes using that lotion Mm -hmm. Um, but mostly it was the stretching like if if I went to bed and I and I couldn't sleep I'd get up do that 15 minutes and usually I'd be able to to sleep until the last month and then it was like some nights nothing worked right yeah I remember that would be nights of like a bath with bath salts and then magnesium drinking magnesium powder and then uh, magnesium body rub lotion and then stretching and me massaging and still Mm -hmm. just kind of yeah you know getting to the point where i'd I'd have to sleep in a different bed some nights for both our sanities and yeah it's interesting on that topic though uh our friend carmen who's a massage therapist came and gave a workshop um, postpartum massage and she touched base on the lymphatic system mm-hmm. and it kind of connected and I wish I would have known it earlier but she talked about restless legs and uh, blockages in the lymph nodes mm. uh, there's a cluster of nodes right uh, above or or right inside the hip bones and a lot of the lymph moves through there Hmm. And she was saying that that can cause restless legs. Mm. That area takes on a lot of extra weight and is moving and shifting. And those nodes can get blocked. Wow. And so she was saying uh, massage around that area. Mm. And then it's later, uh, once the mom has uh, the child postpartum, that the blockage comes up into the nodes, the auxiliary nodes, mm-hmm. right above under the armpit. And so she was saying it kind of like goes from the lower body to the upper body and Hmm. making sure those are fluidly moving and Hmm. active is really, really important. That's so fascinating. I never, I was bummed that I missed that little workshop with her, but I've never heard that about the the lymph nodes Hmm. and the hips. That's really, maybe I need to give you a little Mabel. Mabel, a little lymph node massage. She showed us like she had us work on partners and everything. Yeah, let's, let's try it out. Okay, so yeah, I remember the last couple weeks you were not sleeping well and not feeling super great. There was like a couple little episodes where you were feeling awesome. Um, and then I remember I remember we were having a house meeting one night and you texted me and you were like, I think things are starting to happen. And I let Mabel know. I was like, okay, let's, let's pray I get some sleep tonight. Mabel and I both planning on being there and you were planning on giving birth at home in your house and um yeah do you want to take it from there into the the actual labor aspect or I'm curious like going into before we get into the actual labor um how what were your thoughts on mm-hmm. actually giving birth and like mm-hmm. I was super excited there? to give birth I mean I've been anticipating this for a long time I did a doula training probably 10 something years ago and I'm a nurse and I've been a number of births and I've just always been so excited for my time and I and I've done a lot of work you know 
on myself and with meditation and other practices that I kind of thought that like I was gonna be the most amazing birthing woman there ever was <laughs> you were <laughs> and that like the pain wasn't gonna be painful and all these things um I was I don't know I kind of I kind of assumed that it was gonna be more intense than I could imagine but I was like I'm as ready as I'll ever be mm-hmm. and like bring it on mm-hmm. yeah little plug in here for our our uh, birth education yes. course I'm just curious how do you feel like that helped you or prepared you or anything do you feel like that or was there anything that you feel like you could have gotten more info mm-hmm. on that maybe would have been more helpful or I, I think with the birth education course when I would see questions come up that would worry people I'd always check in with Steph and she was always like I'm so excited uh-huh Oh yeah, I'm ready. You know, it, it would excite her where others would get maybe like a little concerned because all the questions and information that you're getting, it brings up maybe a concerned edge or a worry and she would just, you know, not have that, which it's a good, a good sign, I guess. Well, I feel like we had so much support and preparation. We had village prenatals where we met like with the other pregnant ladies in the community the childbirth prep and then the postpartum education. And so I learned definitely a number of things that I hadn't known even through all the experiences that I've had so far. I think mostly it was about like what I learned was kind of the variations of what you might be able to expect or, or, you know, try to try to create in a home birth like just because you're having a home birth with a midwife doesn't mean that you don't have to make any decisions or think about certain things beforehand Mm -hmm. like for example the benefits of not breaking the waters was Mm -hmm. one thing that I had never really heard about before Mm -hmm. the benefits of just um letting it happen Mm -hmm. um so yeah there was there was a lot of good stuff there yeah yeah I think the nutrition for, mm-hmm. for us was a big one and like almost to the extent of knowing that that information, you know, a lot of the information in the course could be before you're you know, like taken before you're actually pregnant because mm-hmm. then it gives you even more of a heads up, even more time to prepare, get things ready, get your body ready. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. we're taking it week to week and learning these things, but definitely if you you have the preparation and the not the knowledge before could be more beneficial yeah i just want to give a little shout out to kuba because he is like gives an a plus plus on partner support on the nutrition aspect he was just like constantly he was growing all sorts of sprouts for stephanie and making sure she was getting all sorts of beets and iron rich foods and just like really on top of it so I think it hit me in your guys' course that she's called like growing a baby, a, a human. Mm-hmm. And I realized like, oh man, you cannot just eat mundane foods. You need mm-hmm. to really step it up. And then you're also giving a body for, you know, a soul. And yeah. you're like, it's a temple. Let's yeah. make a really nice yeah, temple. Totally. It's, it's like the best temple we can build. You're building a brain yeah. and a heart and eyeballs and, and your your next generations like (laughs) yeah it's Mm -hmm. really important awesome so yeah so let's see you texted me that night you're going to labor so yeah 
that day it was a Tuesday. I was at the farm and um, I started to feel some cramps, like just really gentle cramps. So I was like, okay, something might be happening. I don't know. We'll see what happens. And then by that night, it was definitely by the time we went to bed at like 10 o'clock, I was like, I told Jake, like, um, and we call him Kuba sometimes too. So don't get confused. <laughs> Jake, Kuba. I told him that uh, I thought, you know, they were starting. And I was like, I know that we should all rest. So you go to, you rest. I'll try to rest. I think I messaged you that night. And then I tried to rest and it wasn't happening. Like um, I, I rested, but I didn't sleep that night. It was just fierce enough to like keep me awake. It wasn't that bad, but it was just like annoying enough to keep me awake. Uh, I ended up coming out in the living room on the couch and like uh, some of the contractions I could just lie down through some. I was like standing up and leaning over and I listened to, I like did something I had been putting off and I made like a little playlist for the birth of all these beautiful mantras like a couple that had just like kind of resurfaced in my memory that day mm -hmm. and then the other thing that day that had come to mind was to download this book that I had been meaning to read that my friend Rosie recommended the way of the rose and it's about the rosary and and Mary and kind of taking a new look at that practice and so I started listening to that podcast so both of those things like audiobook right yeah audiobook yeah, yeah. both of those things put me in a really good state of mind mm. going into the birth and, mm. and a very sweet feminine place to mm. be. Um, and so then in the morning, I just want to, I just want to jump in there for a yeah. sec. Cause I love, I love that. I mean, for me personally, I feel like there's sometimes the beginnings of my birth. I have gone into a very difficult mental space and like in my mind, I'm like, I just like have only mentally prepared for like quote unquote, hard part or like when things get really intense and active but like those early stages are just as important and like to keep yourself in a really good mental emotional place is also it's valuable so I just wanted to say I think that's cool that you you felt that and that you well, I felt like those two things they like really strongly popped into my awareness earlier that day mm -hmm. so I felt like it was like something making itself known to me about mm -hmm. like how I can approach things. Yeah. It's really nice. Yeah. Then so then I woke up, I didn't wake up, I was still up in the morning and still having contractions and they were getting stronger, closer together. I called Susan, my midwife, and let her know and I let Sarah and Mabel know and I think my mucus, at first there was just like a little bit of mucus and then all of a sudden like pretty much almost the whole thing came out, the mucus plug. And... Um, and then, and Jake was still sleeping and I was going to let him sleep, but then I vomited. Mm. I tried to eat something. Um, Susan said, try to eat. And so I did. And I vomited right away. And then Jake got up and I feel like that's when everything kind of began like in mm -hmm. earnest. And so that was in the morning on Wednesday. And I feel like throughout that day it was just like a progression it just got oh my goodness somebody's somebody's something <laughs> um I feel like it just got stronger and stronger like steadily over the day um I was kind of just going through it mostly by myself 
at the beginning and then with Jake. Then I called you guys and you came over and um, I was sitting in the ball a lot and you were singing some songs and Sophia, my roommate, came back to you and was singing songs and then Susan came. And it was just like, it was just getting steadier, stronger and stronger and like, it was way more painful than I thought it was going to be. Like, I still, like now I can't remember. Mm-hmm. I can only remember some of the thoughts that I had that was like, mm. remember, this is very painful. Like, <laughs> Remember. <laughs> because, you know, I'm very much, and Jake and I had a conversation after one of your classes about this. I'm very much a person that's like, pain is such a, a label, like, you mm. know, you could just call it a strong sensation mm-hmm. and then like she'll go to the dentist and ask that they don't use any pain yeah. medication mm-hmm. and do stuff like that that you're like i'm kind of like a little bit you had an in, you had an endoscopy without, without sedation. Sedi- sedatives and i'm curious about the body but there's n- and like the way it feels and all the sensations but there's just no other way to say it like it was painful (laughs) like there were times when i looked at jake and i was like this hurts (laughs) (laughs) um but we found no (laughs) we found some good positions for a while like for me i think when i look back it was squatting Mm -hmm. like either on the ball or ultimately in the tub and i went in the tub um, a couple times, three times, like, and we have videos of it. The first time, like, I was super relaxed, super shanti, like, mm-hmm. just the contractions were like, whew, like pretty simple. Mm-hmm. And then the second one was like, okay, ooh, oh, I'm feeling it now. I was like, okay, turn the camera off, <laughs> over and out. And then the third one was like towards the end, but I can come back around to that. Uh-huh. But there was basically it was getting stronger and stronger. And I was like, Susan, maybe can you check me um, to see if I'm dilated? And she was like, well, can. But, you know, let's talk about what that means. And if that's going to be helpful for you, you know, even if what if you're only a little dilated, are you going to be discouraged? You know, and thought about it for a while. And I was like, I just would like to know and see and feel where I'm at. And she said that I was like, I went over to the bed and she examined me I was nine she's like you're nine centimeters but the water sack is hang on a sec pass the baby over here to papa the water sack is um (laughs) is still intact and it's strong and it's um like high up I think she said and it's blocking his progress yeah she was saying it was super super tight yeah Mm-hmm. and so I was like can you break it <laughs> and she was like I could but maybe you know maybe we just let it just go and see what happens I don't really want to do that like type of intervention right away and so she was like how about this we're gonna do a walkabout mm-hmm. and like in our house it's the type where you could kind of walk through the rooms in a circle and she's like we're gonna do the circle of life <laughs> like the Lion King and like encouraged me to like but every time I got to a doorway, grab onto it and squat down. Mm, and, I forgot that detail. Yeah. And uh, so I put on my favorite Beyonce track <laughs> and uh, and I did it. And like that was when I started. Shout to- out to Beyonce. <laughs> you got us through it. And then I like that's when I started to lean into the pain more. Um, and like cause before that, like I was, but I was also I knew that I was also kind of resisting. I could tell I was like 
sometimes like a contraction would come and Jake would be like, relax your body, relax your booty. I can see you're clenching. And I know I'm like, I know I'm clenching. <laughs> Next contraction, I promise. Aww. Like <laughs> there, was, there was a moment where I, I was just, you know, because I don't know what it's like to birth, but I am observing the process and I, I'm seeing it and I'm seeing her contracting. And then I notice her legs are squeezed together and her butt's tight and clenched and she's on her tippy toes mm-hmm. and in my mind i'm like the baby can't come out that way mm. <laughs> you're you know and and i kept reminding her and then i even just so it wasn't coming from my mouth i i said susan she's gonna have to open her legs a little bit for the baby to come out <laughs> she goes yes the baby cannot come out with your legs closed <laughs> and steph kind of saw that multiple people were acknowledging that you know, and, and it helped her, I think, yeah. to, to I think slowly, t- you know, over when and you over. Or Sarah, like, just directed me, like, you're going to have to lean into it. Mm-hmm. Like, Sarah at one moment was like, um, you know, you were like, what did you say? Um, yeah, so you're like, that's at a certain moment, you just have to, like, accept the intensity of it. And, like, it hit me. Because it was already so intense, and to lean into it more was a scary thought. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're like, there comes a point. I feel like there's a pretty big shifting point, at least in my experience and like observing, where like you're like, okay, I'm moving through these contractions, and then it becomes like, okay, now I have to be like actively mm-hmm. participating in this process. And yeah. like, there's a little shift in energy, and yeah. often that kind of comes when like things start getting a little bit pushy and I feel like you were right about there where it was like yeah all right you're gonna have to like yeah yeah and so he started doing those squats and I started like doing squats like holding on to Koopa's neck and trying to like bring it on and we were kind of moving but then at one point I got down on my hands oh no okay so but then it wasn't we were moving but the water hadn't broken yet and so I said eventually so Susan, please, I'd like you to, to break the sack. So she examined me again and like the sack broke. And so I was like, okay, great. We're, we're ready. And then like went into the living room and got on my and hands this, and knees. This is probably about 18 hours in. Yeah. I mean, yeah. This was like late evening by yeah. this point. Yeah. And Dark I think it's out. also worth noting that you hadn't really been eating much because you were right. still throwing up. Oh, I, I vomited time, so. like four times. Mm-hmm. And I, I started to figure out like how not to vomit. And just like mm-hmm. hold the energy in, but I couldn't hardly eat anything. Mm-hmm. Like I, to do we that, making, I had to. We were making watermelon, watermelon, watermelon smoothies, smoothies with ghee. ghee. <laughs> and, and I was taking like little and sips, little mm-hmm. sips of water, and little bites of raspberry, but yeah. very few things could you get down. I think it? I have a really sweet picture of you feeding Stephanie a raspberry. Yeah, <laughs> between mm-hmm. contractions. Mm-hmm. And it, it was, you know, with all the contractions and the things from, from my point of view, I could just see, you know, as much as you were making progress, there would be times where you'd hit a wall and it was kind of yeah. like, okay, now I have to battle between comfort and progress, you know, uh-huh. and just moving it forward versus, but this is comforting me in this moment and it hurts yeah. and I'm comforted do I really have to move into a new position to like move it forward? And I could see that like battle. Yeah. Oh yeah. And every position change hurt a lot. It's like, you know, it felt better just to stay where you are. 
And so I remember I was on my hands and knees in the living room in front of the fireplace. And that's where I had envisioned giving birth. And I didn't, I had kind of not wanted to give birth in the tub because I had read about like how it's better for the baby to expel, like compress their chest in the air and then take their first breath. And um, so, but I was on my hands and knees and it was like really painful in the front really painful and Susan examined me again and she's like I think she kind of just examined me like on the spot and was like I think there's some cervix still needs to dilate and that's blocking the way why don't you get into the tub because that has helped you before so I got into the tub and it was like oh it was tough like I was on my back in the tub I I didn't I didn't really feel like I was like ready to push but like I wanted to be there and I was just like starting to figure out what pushing actually meant because Susan was saying things like breathing is not pushing like chin to your chest it's an active process and but I didn't really feel like I was ready for that yet but I really just wanted things to move along so I was in the tub it felt like for a very long time and also this was just your tub in the bathroom not an actual birthing tub which I feel like was slightly challenging because I didn't feel like you had a whole lot of room to move about yeah that's true I wasn't like as vertical we have like a pretty big tub, but it wasn't that big. It's not that deep. And then, yeah, so I was just like riding out the contractiles in my back in the tub, which was not that comfortable. Mm-hmm. And then Kuba kept asking me if I wanted to get out, change something up. And I was like, I can't. I'm just, I'm here. This is like, this is the best I can do right now. And then Susan convinced me to turn over onto my hands and knees and like lean over the side of the tub. And that's when like slowly, little by little, like, the urge to push started to come in like at the end of the contraction Mm. and I could like hear myself like at the end of like some of the contractions kind of like growling a little bit like Mm. (laughs) I was like okay I think it's happening Mm -hmm. and so it felt like it took a long time just to like transition like I wasn't really fully pushing it but just like I could feel that that transition happening Mm. and that's when you guys were like really good with a lot of your very simple encouragements like just saying like I can birth this baby I will birth this baby I'm birthing this baby Mm -hmm. or just like assuring me that like I was doing it it was Mm -hmm. happening because there was definitely a part of me for a minute that was like "Uh -uh." Mm uh-uh like we're gonna have to go to the hospital you're gonna have to cut me open like there's just no way mm. and <laughs> um and I, I I was about to say I can't do this mm. when I remember hearing like in my doula training the instructor saying like when the mom says I can't do this she's usually right there like mm-hmm. ready to to push the baby out mm-hmm. and so like um, I was kind of holding myself up on both sides of the tub. That's I was like squatting and holding myself up, and that's what felt most comfortable. But I was getting pretty exhausted, so Jake jumped in behind me and was like holding me up. Mm-hmm. And then between contractions, I would just like kind of pass out backwards into his arms, and the next one would come on. He'd push me forward, and I'd and I'd start pushing. Yeah, another it was, it many was, gold stars it, for Kuba it, it there. Was, <laughs> it was tiring for me. I couldn't imagine how you were doing that while pushing a baby out and just the power in your legs to hold yourself mm-hmm. up like that. Because mm-hmm. me being in there squatting for a long time, you know, I was only in there for an hour. Uh-huh. And it was, wow. And then, 
and Jake was such a good support. Like oh, he yeah. felt he was there by my side for like seventy five percent of the contractions. Doula dad of the like year. Holding on, I was holding on to him, and I, he, I, he felt so strong, like a tree, mm. and like also your touch was really good, and like I could feel like he started to get really intuitive. Where like before, like as the contraction was like rising, you could already like tell, and you were mm. shifting, and then Susan was like, reach down, like you can probably feel the head. So each of all four of us got the chance to feel the head. Um, like there's a really cute video of, of Jake <laughs> feeling it and his face being like, oh, <laughs> like, oh, wow. It was, it was, it's still the most interesting feeling I've ever felt uh, with my hands. Uh-huh. The <laughs> combination of the birthing canal and a head coming out of it is <laughs> unique. You're, you probably never feel anything yeah. like that again. I mean, I felt it, but I was like, you know, so many things went out the window for me. Like things that I thought were going to be important were not at all. Like the idyllic birth of like, you want to like touch your baby's head and, and pull them out and, and all these things about like that I thought were going to be important. I was like, I was just like, I touched it for a second. I was like, okay, that's good. And I was like (laughs) back to just like getting through it. Mm -hmm. It was just about getting through it. And then I remember I started to be like, I just knew I needed I needed to push really hard because I needed to like get this over with in a sense. Like I needed mm. to make it happen. Mm-hmm. I couldn't like be here any longer. And I was just like, Forrest, come home. Forrest, mm. please come home. Mm. And yeah, I just, I could feel this, the canal widening. I could feel things dropping and I could feel burning. It was like super burning on the sides. And it was the first time in my life, like I've been through pain. I've endured pain, but I've never like, actively inflicted pain upon myself which you kind of have to do because you have to push and like lean into that peak of pain in the con- in the contraction and then it kind of crests mm. so eventually it just went like that and like we turned a little to the side and gave a few more pushes and his body or his head came out and i well, was like, turning we we basically like Puts you so that you're you could open your so legs, legs wider. So my legs yeah, so you were in the wider part of the yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, "Is his head out?" And Susan's like, "It's all the way out." And I was like, "Is he okay?" She's like, "You can wait till the next contraction." And I pushed the body out, <clears throat> and it was like the most sense of relief I've ever had in my whole life. Like, and he came out, and you know, I can remember in my memory, and I've also watched the video a few times, which helps like see what actually happened Mm -hmm. Uh, he came out and susan like immediately was like turned him over like kind of like helping like tapping on his back and helping him to breathe and trying to get anything out of his mouth um and he was like yeah it was pretty clear it was clear to me that he wasn't breathing like well Mm -hmm. but i also knew that that could happen in the beginning and so to me it was like okay he's here he's alive He's breathing, mm-hmm. but he's not breathing that well. Mm-hmm. And I and the, the strange thing, like I feel like almost like embarrassed to say that, to share this part, but like mm. it's just how it was. Like I did that like feeling of like people say like your baby comes out and you're just flooded with love and like mm. it's like the most incredible feeling when you see their face. Like it was very strange to me. I was like, huh, I don't feel anything. Like mm. I made that like mental note. I was like, huh, I don't feel anything. Mm. And I was like, okay let's just see what happens. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 
Jake, you can say. Or, uh, yeah, I, I had the opposite. I, I The moment he came out, I was, you know, I observed the same thing because I kind of had that concern watching other birthing videos. Uh, you know, the first breath to me, it's this moment of, <sighs> and the baby comes out and, you know, they breathe. And, you know, it's, it's just a, a transition from not, having air in your lungs to air in your lungs and it's a big big step and and so it always was interesting to me and like a focal point and so I remember seeing him come out and it wasn't the ideal like <gasps> it was more of a coughing gurgling up some fluids trying to expel something from from uh, inside his lungs and we could hear that you could also hear he is trying and there's breaths happening. So that was relieving. But then you can also feel like, okay, and the midwife's doing stuff. But then we're also in this predicament where... But you also felt... But you felt like... Yeah, the, the, I, felt I, the I felt the emotion. I felt all of it. I started crying instantly. And then, you know, had to d maneuver the reality of like the midwife's holding the baby, trying to help. The baby's still connected to Stephanie. I'm holding Stephanie. Mm -hmm. We need to now transition out of the tub. Mm -hmm. and Which is a very high tub. It's a high tub. So it was kind of like, okay, we have a step stool. I'm going to be behind Stephanie. And it was kind of a short cord too, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and so we, we had to continue with that transition. She did, she did put him in my arms. Like even mm -hmm. when she, she held on to him for a minute and tried to like expel fluids. But then she like let us hold him right away, which mm -hmm. was nice, even though like... She was still kind of working on him. She got mm -hmm. like the like the nasal suction going and stuff, but I was glad that I got to hold him right away. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then and then you know there there's also like I can look back at it now. It seemed like he started continuing to expel stuff and and he had a couple big cries and it was like okay, great. Great. He's doing all right. And you know, we went through the process of the placenta yeah. and moved forward. And, and so I felt a sense of relief and not having seen a bunch of birds, I don't really, I didn't really know what to look for. Uh, so, you know, even though there was still fluid in his lungs, I felt that sense of, okay, we're getting some cries. He's a boy. He's out. Here he's he is. <laughs> oh, wow. We you know. <laughs> and just, just feeling, you know, tired and very, very emotional and very happy that he was there with us. And so we... I birthed the placenta and then we cut the cord. Um, you guys like wrapped me up, got me into bed, gave me, put him in my arms. But Susan was still like looking at him. She was assessing me, assessing him. She was, she gave him some breaths with the bag. She gave him some breaths with her mouth. You know, just, it, I could, in, in retrospect, like when I was holding him, I didn't feel like I was still, I was still holding my breath. Mm. and I could feel that something was off. And I mm -hmm. think I held my breath for a few days. Mm. I don't think, like, I fully, like, allowed myself to feel for mm. a few days. Mm -hmm. And... Um, Do you feel like that was, like, a protective yeah, mechanism? Yeah, I think I was definitely just, like, on pause. Mm -hmm. and, and, like, being a nurse, like, I was, like, almost, like, in my nurse mode of, like, mm. stepping when you're, like, in the nurse mode of, like, in an emergency situation, stepping back from the emotions and mm -hmm. just not like being neutral. I was yeah. like kind of in that neutral space, more neutral. 
And so it was a while that Susan was just trying to see if things were going to, you know, if he was going to turn around, which oftentimes they do. And she kept trying to, she kept sucking mucus out of him. She yeah. was like, it just kept coming and coming yeah. and coming. And she was like, all right, there's, she, there's then a lot Then she tried to lungs. take a pulse ox and it took a little while to get a read. And then once she got a read, she was like, it's, I think it was 77. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His blood oxygen level was 77. Yeah. And so she's like, Jacob, you need to call an ambulance. Right. Mm-hmm. And... So it was like, okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. Round two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which for me, it was hard because I'm in such an emotional space. I'm tired. And then you get that and you're like, okay. You know, and, and I, I had to kind of at that point realize that, okay, I need to be like a force that helps and takes care of this. Mm-hmm. And we need to we need to switch gears and kind of you know, we're, we're now going to go to the hospital and have a, another adventure. And I think there's this thought of, oh, okay, we'll have the ideal lay in bed, that golden hour moment, mm-hmm. everything's done, especially with a longer birth. Mm-hmm. It was 28 hours total. And then after that 28 hours, you're like, okay, you're going to go to the hospital. You know, this is two in the morning. I mean, yeah. By the time yeah. the ambulance got there and we get to the hospital and we're checked in and he's in a good place and everything, it's almost like 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. And we haven't slept for a few days. Stephanie's barely eaten. Yeah. Stephanie's barely Kuba eaten. barely probably <laughs> ate anything. I barely yeah. ate yeah. Some, some vegan chicken nuggets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was, that was wild, I remember. I, I was doing something in the bathroom and I came in and you guys said like, okay, we're going. And I was like, okay here we go and so we got your bag packed and um and then it was you know we're here in the times of covid we we had to get you dressed and walk you outside that was crazy to have you be walking (laughs) down some steep steps in the cold and then ambulance couldn't drive all the way up the driveway so i drove you down the driveway (laughs) and then they wouldn't let kuba in the ambulance so kuba had to drive separately and we definitely could come with us yeah and it was like, bring snacks, bring tea. Like really? that was like really like strangely, like I had my pack list already. I was like, I felt like prepared for it. And I was like strangely like lucid and like just like mm. thinking very practically. Mm-hmm. And I remember I told you guys like, cause I could see that your mom and you were like, you were handling him at that time. And I could see that like, you were like upset, like worried, you know? And yeah. I was like, yeah. I was like, I don't know why, but I don't feel worried. I was mm-hmm. like, I can see Kuba's worried, but I feel like everything's going to be okay. He's just yeah. going to go to the hospital. He's going to get a little extra oxygen. He'll be fine. Yeah. And like, it's true. And he was, and maybe I really knew something, but like, also I feel like I was just in shock too. Yeah. And like, I didn't, I, I didn't realize how like in, you know, in distress he was until much much later and i think that's probably a good thing (laughs) yeah yeah i also think there's something to be said of like at that point in in the birthing process like your adrenaline levels are high and like i think that is intentional of like if something does happen and even like in the wild if there's danger like i think the mother Mm. is has that like high level of awareness and alertness of like Mm -hmm. all right i'm gonna take action however is needed to Mm -hmm. you know protect Mm -hmm. my baby and myself I hadn't thought about it that way. Yeah. So then you guys got to the hospital mm-hmm. and you were there for a couple of days. Yeah. Well, we were there for, well, we, we were, I was admitted just as like a postpartum mom and got stitches 
for two nights, but he was there for a week in the end. Which really wasn't needed for her to get stitches, but it was kind of the game plan of the midwife because then the mother-child-baby unit, uh, it's right next to the NICU. So mm-hmm. our, our room was a few doors away from the NICU. And with Steph uh, being admitted, we were able to stay there 24-7 for a couple of days right. and not otherwise have to come they wouldn't visit. let you have right. a room. Yeah. Right. And it would yeah. have been more like visiting. So that was good. You know, and we live an hour away. So it was, it was good that she did have a slight tear because it kind of gave us reason to be there. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And so like, we couldn't even see him for, we, I remember I got to the, I was holding him in the ambulance and then we, and in there in the ambulance, I was like, I thought he was doing okay. The EMT was assuring me, oh, he looks pretty good. He's not having any retractions of his chest and he's on oxygen and the, the pulse ox is low, but I think that's just an artifact of the machine. And he looked pretty good to me. And I was like, you know, I was saying some prayers and singing some mantras and, but I thought he was fine. And then we get there and they're like, they're like, ma'am, can you hand us your baby? And like, that's kind of like a phrase that's been like echoing mm. in my mind, like ever since that's like, it wasn't mm. that difficult in the moment, but mm-hmm. like in retro, in the moment it was like, yes, please like mm. help. But in mm-hmm. retrospect, it was like, I don't know, kind of like a theme for a little while, just cause like I didn't have that chance to bond with him right away. It was days mm-hmm. before I could even like give hold him properly. Mm-hmm. But, um, they took him. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, he does have, he is having retractions. He's grunting. His you know, sats are low. They're like, okay. And they like whisk him off to the NICU. The doctor did come back pretty soon after that and said, okay, we've got him on CPAP. He's pretty, he's going to like, you know, he's got fluid in his lungs, but that's common for by some babies for different reasons. He's probably going to need to stay here anyway from a, a day to a week. And so I was like, I was reassured that he was okay. Like he mm-hmm. wasn't, he wasn't going to die. Yeah. <laughs> Hadn't really even crossed my mind that he would. Yeah. And, and he, he kind of gave us like the realistic yet brief overview of what our hospital visit would look like. He kind of said fluid in the lungs. We're going to get him on oxygen. Hopefully things will dry up. We can maybe give him something to help absorb that, to dry the fluid up. Uh, you know, he could potentially have a infection. There may need to be antibiotics anywhere from a week to, you know, a day, a, d- a, a, day, a day to a week is common. And so for us, it was kind of like, okay, they've seen this before. Mm-hmm. That was the worst news is a week and some antibiotics. Best case, we can be out of here in a day. Either way, it was just hard in that moment to know we have to spend any time away from him. You know, mm-hmm. him going to the NICU and, and them telling me, okay, it's good you brought her in. You can't be here until you get a COVID test. Mm-hmm. And you're not a patient, so we can't give you a COVID test. Stephanie, we can give you a COVID test. So I already mm-hmm. had to leave. And my first thought is like, well, do you guys have an emergency room? I'll go get a COVID test. You know, mm-hmm. what's the quickest way mm-hmm. I can go? And I had to leave and figure it out and just deal with all the the politics of mm-hmm. of a hospital and i'm vaccinated so i kind of once i got down there realized like why am i having to test if i'm vaccinated and you know the whole system of it all and stephanie uh kind of you know she got tested so her test was going to come back and then i think the manager of that unit uh said if her test comes back 
negative and you're vaccinated, you have your vax card, we'll let you in. So it was kind of this blessing mm-hmm. of I didn't have to wait days or mm-hmm. anything. I could go back up there with them within the hour. Mm. We had to wait like three hours before I got my test back, change your shift. Um, I mean, we could tell it would be a long time if we told you all the details of the <laughs> hospital stay, but I can give you some of my highlights. Okay. <laughs> um, like, uh, we, we went to see him and at first, you know, the nurse that brought us in was like, okay, this is your baby. You can touch him. And we went to like stroke him, touch him and the nurse, the nurse came in, the NICU nurse was like, you can't touch him. Uh-huh. And I was like, and she, I was like, oh God. And she was like, he's very labile. He's very sick. She was like, yes, I'm sorry. I said that you can touch him, but I have to show you how to touch him. And it was like this very gentle, like holding way. And that was like a shock and you know, then he, he was on CPAP. He ended up getting intubated and having like a tube down into his lungs the next day, which, no, that same, that first day, which was like more of a shock. And it was like so hard to see my baby, like not even being able to cry. Like he was like opening his mouth and like the cry wasn't coming out cause he had a tube and like, but he was so patient and he was so like, like managing it i was so proud of him so like he was like showing us how to be Mm. and um i remember the second day the first night i didn't sleep at all i was still super high still super excited about that i had given birth like Mm -hmm. i was so happy (laughs) and i had to keep telling her because she's seen lactation specialists and people are checking her vitals and we're going to visit forest every time he has a feeding and then it's like, hey, you need to eat and sleep. Mm-hmm. You need to t- slow it down now. You've been really riled up from this experience. And now and it's kind of... was like, he was, I mean, he was 100% like behind Forrest and me. Like, if he was, wasn't checking on him, he was feeding me. We had people coming and bringing us food from our community that our postpartum care plan just shifted to bring all the foods there, which was amazing. It was like, I cannot say how wonderful it was to have like ball jars of hot, soup and Mm. cacao and like oh my god Mm. so healing and then like the second day we went in in the morning i had the tube in but he looked over at me and he opened his eyes and he looked me in the eyes and like that was when all the emotions came flooding in and it was like that was that moment that i didn't have when he was born and it was just like i felt it like right down to my heart and Mm -hmm. i was like okay and that was like I don't know, that was just such a special, special time moment. Mm. And then later that day, I gave him, a, like, two cc's of colostrum. Mm. And he was, like, so happy. He was, like, <laughs> laughing. And so there was, like, some some little good moments. And then, like, a couple days, I think a day three, um, they had taken the tube out. And I got to hold him and breastfeed. And he latched on and... Yeah. Like from then on, we had to stay there. We had to then, since we were discharged, go back and forth. Um, we had to stay seven, a full seven, seven days, days. It was, for antibiotics. It was definitely tough, but it was also like we knew he was in the clear. We knew he was good. By that point, he was improving like so much. Really, and by the fourth day, by the fourth he, day was, he was like good. He was okay by the fourth day, and we just knew it was kind of there regiment we talked to the doctor they said it's just protocol to get from full antibiotics for a week and, and you know that was kind of 
not the the most enjoyable but you know we kind of had a give and take with what we wanted for his health we couldn't push too much towards not doing any treatment yeah and the we you know i i feel and i want to say like we're so grateful that that we had that care yeah. we got to the hospital that they were there that they saved his life yeah there's a time and a place yeah absolutely and we had some we had some really good nurses there the doctors everybody was pretty great there was some there was some little hiccups um but yeah it was a, it was a difficult first week you know it was tiring it was not comfortable all the time i was sitting up on a wheelchair a lot like instead of resting in bed but and were you running around cuz i mean there was a point where you basically decided to take some more time like when yeah. you got discharged you decided that you were going to well i was on the the first day when i went you know from home to visit him in the hospital i ended up having a complication mm-hmm. i had retained um like amniotic tissues that were like falling out of me mm-hmm. when i went to the bathroom and i had to go to the er mm-hmm. and i was like that was my low point and mm-hmm. i was just like are you kidding me i'm trying so hard here mm-hmm. well and i looked at her and and we're instead of you know the objective was okay we're gonna go to the hospital each day and spend as much time with Forrest, and then what happened is because she's not getting rest, she's now back in the ER. And I looked at her and she's in waiting in line in the ER, which is for some reason a universally stressful thing to do. Mm-hmm. I'm sure all a bunch of people have been in that position, but I looked at her and saw how stressed she was from that. And we're not obtaining the other goal of being with our, our kid. And I'm just like, this is not good for either anyone here. You need mm-hmm. to go home, rest and you know, we'll try and work it out if you're feeling better to come, but at least one of us can be there and one of us can be resting. Mm -hmm. So the next day after that, I rested all day at home and got massage and got, you know, total care from Jake's mom and from Sarah and Mabel. And I don't remember who it was that day, but from the team. Mm -hmm. And then the next three days I would go in the morning for like four hours and then come home and rest. And Jake would stay the rest of the day. I would pump and Jake's mom would drive back and forth and drop off breast milk and Jake would bottle feed until like nine o'clock at night and then come home. And this was how we we managed to not have formula and yeah. kept up with his needs. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And it, it was it wasn't bad by, you know, by the time we got in the groove at the hospital, although he was in the NICU, I think we tried to make the best out of it, whereas some parents don't come a lot. Uh, we knew that okay he's on a three-hour schedule he's gonna need changed fed played with for a little bit and then he sleeps for like two hours so we really tried to from the time we were allowed in till the time you know we had to go home be there for every feeding so that the person he was interacting with was one of us Mm -hmm. and we're still getting bonding and it's not the ideal environment but we're still getting to bond in those first few days and, you know, it it worked out well where he, he got his food, he got time to bond, and who knows if he knows the difference. <laughs> yeah. He seems pretty happy. I mean, we n- now, I think, like, when things happen down the road, we're going to be like, we already got the hardest thing out of the way. Like, you know, if, if he faces little challenges, we'll be like, we know you can do this for mm-hmm. us. Like, you got this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even though it was a challenging time, like I really do look back at that first week in the hospital with a lot of fondness because it was just like, 
so tender. Jake, like, and I were a really close team, and and like, I don't know, it w- there was something special about it too. You mm-hmm. know, I think it's funny for me, like, that I wanted a home birth, but I'm a nurse, and like, so I kind of like got this whole hospital patient experience too, which was really interesting. So yeah, I think it was also good because most women might not feel comfortable in a hospital. Yeah. Whereas Steph was at home. I was, like, yeah. I don't feel that comfortable you know, in the hospital. Like all Steph was like, oh, this is a nice room. You okay, know I know how to like, work the bed. You know I, the this should be over is. there. Yeah. <laughs> you kind of knew the, the whole spiel before. Yeah, and well, two things I want to know on is one, I just, I was so happy because, you know, there was, there was a little bit of time before when you actually got to put him to your breast, mm-hmm. right? And I mean, you guys had a little bit of nursing hiccups, but in reality everything went pretty smooth. I mean, you had to work on pumping, but, um, sometimes when there's a big gap between Mm -hmm. the moment of birth and nursing, it it can really Mm -hmm. get complicated. So I feel like that was a big accomplishment and I was just so happy that you guys were able to move through that. Yeah. I think that we, you know, had that mentality that we would overcome like we would do what it takes, you know, if we had to, if it came down to it, we had to give him formula. It's not the end of the world, but that we were going to try whatever we needed so that he would continue to breastfeed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know it really takes that. I, I knew ahead of time it was going to take that persistence, like that some families go through those troubles and really what like makes the difference is if you are persistent or not. And I mean, that's to say what there's a lot of times where, was highly frustrating on both yeah. our ends because I can't produce milk, but I'm at the hospital <laughs> wanting to feed him milk and mm-hmm. Steph's at home trying to recover and trying to keep up with uh, not what's naturally coming out, but their like regimented quota that they already have prescribed for each kid. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of difficult to be like, not every kid needs the same. If the mom's not producing that much, how could that be what he needs? But they don't listen to that. They're just like, he needs 50 cc's. You need to bring this much or, you know, otherwise we could give him formula. And you're like, no, like, okay, we're going to push through this. And like between us pushing each other and her working towards it and me getting it to him, we, we, we got it. Now here you are breastfeeding this beautiful little girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We had some breastfeeding challenges when, once he came home, we had to do like supplemental pumping and feeding him with a special feeder so that he would gain weight because he wasn't gaining quite fast enough so now when i can just feed him when he's hungry mm-hmm. with no extra bells and whistles i'm so happy no it's just and no tape and tubes <laughs> and anything like mm-hmm. that i'm just like this is this is great this is bliss and and it's mm-hmm. it was interesting for us like that was like a big accomplishment even though it seems Kind of not, I guess unless you've been in it, you don't think it's that big of an accomplishment. But for us as a couple and a family, for us to get through a period where, like we know people that have gone through that same thing where they're tested to see if the baby needs to gain weight, but you know, you, you want them to breastfeed and you start giving them a bottle and then they won't take your breast. And then you have to find other ways and pump in between. And it's just so much energy that we know people that just stopped and just said, oh, we'll just give them bottles. Mm-hmm. We can weigh everything out and know what they get. Which is fine, you know. And which right. Is, 
the right thing for some families. And and I think for us and Stephanie really wanted to breastfeed and it was like a goal. So for us to step, you know, up to that challenge and and make it through was like one of the first or second great accomplishments of this family. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like like this whole process it was really special to see the grace with which you handled this because I imagine it could be emotionally and maybe a little bit of an ego challenge like I can't necessarily feed my baby the way it needs to be fed but just the way you handled that with so much grace and Kuba the way you were there to support was really beautiful to watch sometimes a little irritating I was like just just (laughs) stop reminding her to pump (laughs) she's gonna do it I mean she the thing is is I had to be that voice is probably annoying but you know it's funny because you talk about ego and like it's the opposite. It's just humility. But mm. you're strapping a tube to your breast, and at points, someone else is strapping it to your <laughs> breast, and oh, and oh, you're yeah. just like being told to do this, and you're 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 you know realizing this function you have that is not yourself and your image. It's a function for a, a, a another being. So you're like dropping all mm-hmm. ego. When yeah. Susan was here and told us what we would have to do when he wasn't gaining and that for seven or eight times a day we're gonna have to go through this like rigmarole she was like in norway they i think norway or germany or somewhere she was like they say that a mother's tears helps helps the milk flow or something (laughs) and i was like i know i'm waiting for you to leave and then i'm gonna cry (laughs) (laughs) but we got through it yeah and and i think what jake just said it's like if i could there was the, the one, the takeaway for me from the whole experience, the birth and afterwards, it's like, it's about your baby. Mm-hmm. Like for me, like, I think that, you know, I wanted to have a home birth and I'm so glad I did. And I would have, I'm, I was so much more relaxed and happy and supported than I would have been in any other place. And like, glad I had those memories, but like, ultimately it's about like, like, there's just things that, like I said, like I let go of in the moment that weren't important to me because it's like the birth is about how he comes into the world and however he needs. Mm. So it's important, like with the breastfeeding, like whatever he needs to have the best outcome. And so, yeah, yeah I guess that's the initiation. Exactly. That's <laughs> what I was going to say. I feel like that is the birth of a parent is mm-hmm. like you start putting this this innocent helpless little beings needs before yours mm-hmm. and like you just like learn I, how to put things aside like it's really funny like looking back on our birth video like <laughs> it's like so unglamorous like jake is grabbing me from behind he's like grabbing onto my breasts to hold me up they're it was, like it was the only handle like two little handles like hold on to. you know it's just like but that's how it happened for him to come into the world like that it, it wasn't about like this idyllic idea of how it should be and like mm. some ideas that maybe I had mm-hmm. of like birth being more about me mm. like let's just put it out there <laughs> <laughs> and so I learned you know I learned that it was him that guided me through it like when I was like Boris please come home it mm-hmm. was like it was it was like whatever it took for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to just touch back on something you mentioned before. You said you felt like maybe the spirit of the first baby that didn't mm-hmm. come to this mm-hmm. plane was there to protect mm-hmm. him or to watch over him. Did you like have any distinct experiences with that or any moments where you really felt that strongly? 
actually not really like you, you felt it in the NICU you were there was a point where she started feeling the emotions you know the first day or so she wasn't as emotional and then it started setting in mm. and I remember you saying you felt like there's mm. you know some angel or so there's mm. there's beings that are protecting him and we had our just acts of kindness mm -hmm. from different nurses from the security guard at the hospital bringing humor and laughter and lightness to mm -hmm. you know these kind little gestures that you know reminded us like there's people watching out for us there's mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. other beings watching out for us there's higher forces watching mm -hmm. out for us there's Jedi community masters, maybe <laughs> Jedi Masters, yeah. Mm. We do, I definitely felt that. I felt like there was an angel at every single corner. Mm -hmm. Like the the one, the, my low point when I was in the ER mm -hmm. waiting room. That was like, that was the, the moment where like I lost my cool, you know. And like you said, there was the security guard that had been interacting with Jake all week, and for some reason, like now he was stationed at the ER instead of the front door, like when we were there. <laughs> mm -hmm. And he was just like mm -hmm. really sweet and joking with us. And I was mm -hmm. like, okay, there's, there, even here, there's mm -hmm. an angel. Mm -hmm. <sighs> yeah, I just, I just want to commend your, your grace and like your attitude throughout the whole thing. And I just feel like it's just such a joy to be with you, all of you, but I feel like especially you, Steph, and just um such an honor to be in your presence and such a good student <laughs> I mean you know you just I don't know I just feel like you just understood you know what was needed f for the better like, you know to take the best care of yourself to take care of the best best care of the baby and you're like all right let's do it like it's mm -hmm. not like you said, I mean, I followed the postpartum instructions as, as much to my ability. Yeah. I think I was eating mushy foods up until like last week. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm so grateful that you guys yeah. like had um, provided so much teaching. Yeah. And then, like, that when we were in the hospital, there was already like a set plan for who was going to be cooking for us each day. Like, yeah. that was just like a miracle. Yeah. Do you want to just say anything about how I, I just remember there was one point that you were just saying that you felt so revitalized, like just even a few days after being home, mm -hmm. like even in comparison mm -hmm. to your pregnancy. Do you want to just speak yeah, to that? Like some people who came over kept being like, you look great. And like, I think like about two weeks after I was like, I feel so great. Like I feel better. I feel like this was like a big like reboot mm -hmm. and a cleanse. And I feel better than when I did before I was pregnant mm -hmm. and I mean I think I think like yeah I think that was probably like a high I think maybe I've waned a little bit from there mm -hmm. but in general like yeah it just felt it did feel like a reboot my body like kind of went through this this uh, expressive event like everything in my body expressed <laughs> and then afterwards it was like there was a peace and there mm -hmm. was like, yeah, there was a calm, there's a radiance afterwards. And, but definitely I think it was because of the, the plan, like rest, warmth, body work, diet, especially the diet. Like I, I didn't want any 
anything else than those like watery mushy soupy foods for the first week or two and like I, I could tell that's exactly what I needed and I can't believe like you know the nurses who don't have the same kind of education are bringing you ice water and mm-hmm. you know you, most people some some hospitals offer like a fancy meal like probably like a steak or something like mm-hmm. for new parents their first night and um so if I didn't have the education like I might not have done walked that way but it was so clearly what I needed mm-hmm. yeah that, that and the, like that. like mm-hmm. physical rest too because mm-hmm the hospital there's a lot of care and like we we observe the care that was mm-hmm. given a lot of detail oriented work but it the environment it's like someone's popping in every hour they're checking in and and i just noticed the difference from her you know coming from from the er being at the hospital compared to being at home for a day or two it's just night and day yeah and I think it's the environment. Everyone at the house knew, okay, she's resting. There's people coming over to work with her, giving her food, rest, peace. Mm-hmm. And that just gives the body a place to perform its functions. And the mm-hmm. body's going to heal naturally. So just giving it that space and the resources to heal, that's all that was really needed. Yeah. Yeah, good vibes over here. I would come over and I would feel even more <laughs> chilled out. I'm like... I'm just going to come and take my rest here because it feels so good over here. I think a few people felt that way. Yeah, definitely. And Sarah mentioned she felt like you were a really good student of all of the principles of everything, the postpartum time. And I also feel like you were such a great teacher for us. Like, that's the first time I've ever felt ahead on a perineum. It was just really, um, I just feel really grateful that you led us into your experience in that way. Mm. I'm grateful too. That's what I wanted. You know, I wanted mm. you guys to have that. And you guys are, I mean, my team, you guys, Sophia, Jake, Susan, top notch. Forest. Like, Forest, Pluto. Of course. Our dog. I mean, it was turkeys, top, top notch. Hands. I just felt like it was like, it was simple and it was me. Yeah, like, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Any last? words or thoughts before we Mm -hmm. just deep gratitude to be able to birth in this way to have the support and you know i guess i'd put a prayer out there that that this really supported postpartum especially you know birth and postpartum time is something that's available for all families Mm. and i know that's that's what you guys are working towards and mm-hmm. we're getting there and yeah. I'm just really grateful that I that I gave birth at this moment in our community and mm-hmm. like got to receive the utmost of love and and care and we both felt it really deeply mm-hmm. yeah I think I think this experience is the most amazing experience I've ever had and I think it's going to continue to just create more amazing experiences in my life so mm-hmm. I, you know, I think for any parents to be or, you know, anyone who's going to have another kid, (coughs) just uh, really looking into the the art of postpartum and prenatal care and birth education and Sarah and Mabel have amazing work they've done and 
there's something to it that that even if there is a complication like we had at the birth if there's a complication you know if you're taking care before and after it's really something that just is you know water under the bridge you can kind of pass through that have a hiccup have a complication and still get the care and the rest and the restoration so that few weeks pass by and you're a healthy, happy family. It doesn't have to be traumatic or, you know, you can rewrite the story and having care and help and education is really uh, the best way to progress that forward. So I'm really grateful for all the care we've got and happy to have this little boy. Yeah. Yeah, he's so cute. I've could definitely get him some baby fever over here. <laughs> Don't you be getting any ideas, Sarah? <laughs> no, no, no. All right. Well, love you guys so much. It was is such a joy and honor to be here with you and to be a part of your journey. And I'm just so excited to see you all keep growing and loving together. And and you know what? It was really special to have a preg- a pregnant woman at our birth too. Mm. And I can't wait. Yeah. Do you have anything to it's say? Actually, something I've been meaning to ask you about. At some point, deep in the labor process, you looked at me, and <laughs> I wasn't sure if you were like angry or if you were being serious. You're like, I can't wait for you to do this. Yeah, that was a little, a little evil, just a little bit. <laughs> I was like, I was like, Mabel, Mabel, I can't wait. <laughs> I think when someone tells you it's not gonna be painful and then there's maybe a little <laughs> bit of pain you I might think look I ever it said it's not going to be painful I said it doesn't have to be it might not people say they don't feel pain no well, it's true that's everybody's true. different do you have something to say any words okay all right he's done okay. um Stephanie if people want to find out more about the work that you're doing right now can you sure uh, my website is hopeholistic.com and our course website is nursingsacredmedicine.thinkific.com. And we will put links to those in the show notes. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone, and have a beautiful evening and blessings to all. Aho. Aho. Wow. That was a really, really great interview. I feel inspired and energized to keep doing this work yeah definitely yeah I mean I feel like the thing that I've really felt the most with Steph and Kuba and Forrest is just like every time I'm with them I feel filled up and like Mm -hmm. rejuvenated and um it just feels very fulfilling I feel like they're kind of like the um just such a beautiful example of like what's possible with just really great care and support and Mm -hmm. um like when you have the tools and everything that is needed to move through a challenging situation like it it happens in a beautiful way and come out and you can come out on the other side Mm -hmm. with a lot of beautiful lessons and reflections and and stronger yeah and I can feel like I can really see with this family, the way that if a mother is properly supported as the center of the family, that ripples out into, I mean, eventually the whole world, but you can feel it when you come in the house. You can feel like, wow, this is a, a well-grounded, well-supported, radiant mother who's supported by this lovely partner who in turn feels supported by the community and the housemates and 
it's just really beautiful to see the change that that can have on the world at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like, I think that's what I, I, I do feel in like that, just that positivity and that glowing, Mm -hmm. booming energy of new life is, is very, um, it's positive Mm -hmm. and, and it fills us up and it's, it doesn't stop really. Yeah. I also think it was really great throughout this whole process. I mean, I've known Kuba. I actually was there when he and Stephanie first met. Mm. Um, and it's been great to watch his process through this, mostly around the birth. Like remember during our birth education course, we watched a couple of videos and he was like, Whoa, that was, that was intense. I feel kind of queasy. I don't know about this, mm-hmm. but just watching him step it up. And like at the beginning of the labor, he, you know, he wasn't quite getting it. He was kind of trying to talk to Stephanie through contractions and joke about things but by the end he was like so on point and dialed in and such an amazing support and you know he hasn't stopped since he's just really continuing to go with that and it's beautiful to watch yeah absolutely super solid Mm -hmm. and another thing that was really special for me about this birth as stephanie mentioned i was what 26 27 or something weeks pregnant Mm -hmm. when forrest was born and just being able to like feel feel that in my own body like this this is the process this is the way it happens I definitely think these two babies were in cahoots they're communicating the whole time at one point uh Susan the midwife was talking to Stephanie about how just like imagine the baby coming down like just think of it it needs to move down the baby needs to be lower and at that time I started to feel my baby move like way down low and before that you know I was mostly up by my belly button kicking around up there but just feeling that connection that this baby felt with that birth process and how the birth energy was just so tangible to anyone in the house was really, that was special for me. Yeah, it was really interesting. At one point, Stephanie was laboring on the couch. I was laying on the floor and Mabel was on the other side of me and I was feeling her baby moving and just feeling this super strong connection with her Mm -hmm. baby. And I wasn't touching Stephanie, but I was just like sandwiched between these two uh-huh. very pregnant, <laughs> present children mm-hmm. still in the womb. And it was very potent. I actually yeah. felt like I was cheating on Stephanie a little bit. Oh, no. <laughs> bad. <laughs> but it was it was very special. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then just coordinating and being part of the postpartum care for this family, for Stephanie. It's been really revitalizing and inspiring for me. Yeah, Absolutely. See? Yeah, it's it's really rewarding to work with families who are totally on board mm-hmm. and are just, you know, ready to fully go with it and then and then when they feel the power of really sticking with the program, mm-hmm. um it just feels really great. It's very I don't know, empowering is the word that just keeps coming. Yeah, so if you're ready to be on the program, (laughs) um, if you're listening to this podcast at some point around when it's released, we have an upcoming uh, five-week birth education course in February, I believe. It starts in late February. Um, And then shortly after that, a five-week postpartum course based on innate traditions, postpartum care. Um, And that is in March. I believe I don't have the exact dates in front of me, but I'll put that in the show notes and links. And we'd love to see you all there. It's on the internet, so no matter where you are, you can join us. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Bye.
take care. Bye.